Welcome to the Mighty Rip Podcast, hosted by Dave DeBah. As always, the Mighty Rip Podcast is coming to you live from the super plush Mighty Rip Broadcast Studios in the heart of Silicon Valley. Now, to the host that can't stop ripping on players, coaches, and bad front office management, Dave DeBah. Coming upon the Mighty Rip Pod, we take a close look and examine why Joe Burrow has such small hands. Plus, Steph Curry to return to the Golden State Warriors on Sunday as they play against the worst basketball team as it relates to defense in the National Basketball Association. Des Bryant works out with Patrick Mahomes and Deontay Wilder comes up with the world's most lame excuse as to why he lost a fight. Look, there's a lot of reasons boxers say they lost fights, but this tops the cake. All of that, and trust me, a whole lot more coming up on the Mighty Rip Pod today. But we begin <laughs> with Tyson Fury. Um, and I just just gonna spend just a minute here on this. Now, I don't consider myself to be a boxing expert um, by any stretch of the imagination. However, I have watched, you know, hundreds, probably thousands of boxing matches over the years. So I do have perspective, but I'm not, you know, like one of these paid experts that's on television talking about boxing. <laughs> I'm not a boxing handicapper. But what I can tell you is after watching the fight, I was so impressed by the strategy of Tyson Fury. And it was really one of the best uh, strategic fights, big fights, I think I've ever actually seen. <laughs> like, he literally, if he drew it up on a whiteboard and said, this is how this fight's gonna go, it couldn't have gone any better than it did. Um, so congrats to uh, Tyson Fury. And on a personal note, I do want to thank Tyson for singing Bye Bye Miss American Pie and getting the whole MGM Grand Stadium that they were in to sing along. A quick suggestion for Tyson Fury, though. Look, that's a long song, Tyson. <laughs> and I know you only made it through two verses, and I think that took like three and a half minutes as it was. Next time, I recommend you go with Neil Diamond's Sweet Caroline. It's a short song, and everybody in North America, including my kids, know the words to Sweet Caroline. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to um, uh, Deontay uh, Wilder a little bit later. And I've got a conspiracy theory as well for the boxing match. But we're going to shift focus to the small hands of Joe, of Joe Burrow. Um, look, the, the National Football League Combine starts this week. And the actual television coverage is kicking off, and it's actually going to be in prime time for the first time on Thursday. Joe Burrow has small hands. And you, you, you've you got to understand that in the National Football League, these sorts of things tend to matter. It's not like the NBA, <laughs> where 
it's obvious that Zion Williamson has all the talent in the world and could become the second coming of LeBron James. You can just tell that. You know that if you draft a guy like Zion Williamson and you stick him on a really bad basketball team, he could still find a way to drag that team into the playoffs and eventually drag that team to an NBA championship. I mean, how else can you explain the fact that the city of Cleveland actually has a championship? (laughs) LeBron did what LeBron had to do. He went home, he gave the people their chip, and then he bailed as he should have. (laughs) As for the National Football League, however, when you draft a quarterback, every single part of that quarterback's body needs to be analyzed. Not just the stuff between the ears. Look, you know, uh, Dan Marino didn't do well on the Wonderlick test. And he was one of the greatest, smartest quarterbacks in the history of the National Football League. I mean, just absolutely unbelievable was Dan Marino as a quarterback. There's countless other examples of these tests just being flat out silly. However, when it comes to quarterbacks, the hand test really does hold some legitimacy. Now, I know what you're thinking out there. You're all thinking, well, doesn't Joe Burrow actually have slightly bigger hands than Patrick Mahomes? Yes, yes, that's true. Patrick Mahomes has has slightly, I can't even believe I'm talking about this. At this stage of my career, this is what I'm talking about. Um, But Patrick Mahomes actually has smaller hands than Joe Burrows, who came in at nine inches. This was confirmed by the mothership over at ESPN. Joe Burrow's hands are small, but Patrick Mahomes' hands are smaller. So don't you think that means Joe Burrow should get should could be the next Patrick Mahomes? Well, no, because the difference between Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes has the strongest arm I've seen in the National Football League since a young Brett Favre. I'm just saying and it's and it's not as wild and crazy as Brett Favre's arm was, especially in his first couple years in the National Football League. So Joe Burrow does a lot of other things really well. I don't think his small hands are going to prevent him from being picked by the Cincinnati Bengals anyways, because the Cincinnati Bengals barely have <laughs> they barely have a recruiting staff as it is. They have the cheapest owner in the National Football League. They have the smallest recruiting team in the National Football League. Hell, I even wonder if they're sending more than one person to the Combine this year. Look, I've already stated earlier in the month what I think Joe Burrow should actually do, and it sort of goes against some of some of my common um, uh, beliefs, which is if you get picked, you should play for the team that you get picked for. But in the National Football League, if you're a quarterback in the National Football League and you're being picked by the Cleveland Browns or the Detroit Lions, look, Matt Stafford could have been the all-time best quarterback in the history of the National Football League. Talk about strong arms and accurate. But no matter what Matt Stafford does, 
and the rest of the organization works against him. Look, they don't do anything right in Detroit, and they haven't for a very long time. There was that one blip, which I'm sure the Detroit Lions organization was really upset about when they went 9-7. and seven. <laughs> They were so upset that they went 9-7. and seven. So look, Joe Burrow does a lot of things right. The problem is when he ends up in Cincinnati, and he ends up in Cincinnati, he's not going to have any other talent around him, which is going to make for a very difficult rookie year, a very difficult second year. And the jury's still out on whether or not uh, their young coach is, is a good coach or, or not. But I will say this, Marvin Lewis certainly, in retrospect, did a really good job just keeping that team around 500 when you look at how dysfunctional that Cincinnati Bengals organization is. Okay, speaking of the National Football League, um, I thought this was a fun little story and I just wanted to bring it up um, because Des Bryant is, uh, is, is trying to make a comeback in the National Football League. As you all know, he got cut by the Dallas Cowboys. This is probably about three years, two and a half, three years ago. He ended up uh, basically sitting out most of the season. Uh, As the season went on, he got picked up by the New Orleans Saints. This was two years ago. And then he got injured and uh, was out for about a year and has been recovering ever since. So Des Bryant's trying to make a comeback. And he was in Texas doing a workout with the small hands of Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) <laughs> and so now there's all this video all over the place. And I had a buddy actually text me earlier in the day, and he said, well, wh- wh- what do you think about, Dave, wh- wh- what, do you, what do you think about Des Bryant and the Kansas City Chiefs? And I'm like, I don't think about Des Bryant and the Kansas City Chiefs, and you shouldn't think about Des Bryant and the Kansas City Chiefs. It's nice of Patrick Mahomes to work out with Des Bryant. I got no problems with any of that. It is, it is fantastic. It's great to see Patrick Mahomes actually working out. <laughs> I mean, you, you just know he's like that dedicated National Football League player. He won a Super Bowl, but he wants another. And so he's not going to party the whole summer, <laughs> the whole spring and summer. He's actually going to take his off-season workouts um, it, with uh, fervor and will actually go out there and put in the work. You can see that's who Patrick Mahomes is. Um, Joe Burrow, we're not so sure if he's got that work ethic. We know Des Bryant wants to be back in the National Football League. But let me ask you this. Do the Kansas City Chiefs at this point, at this stage of the game, even need a wide receiver? And the answer is a resounding no. (laughs) Look, Kansas City could always use another cornerback. They could always use another linebacker. You can never have enough offensive linemen in the National Football League. Trust me, you can never have enough. Look, I'm not saying they spend their first-round pick on an offensive lineman this year, but in the second or third round, if there's a really uh, good offensive lineman there, the Kansas City Chiefs should take him. I'm just saying you want to protect your franchise quarterback as much as possible. Look, this is me being a better scout than any of the other scouts that are on the Cincinnati Bengals organization. (laughs) 
because there's basically no offensive line. And they're going to draft a quarterback, Joe Burrow, who is basically uh, sort of compared to the pocket passers of years past. I mean, I keep hearing all of these. Joe Burrow is like, he's like the GOAT. He's, he's like Tom Brady. As a society, we feel the need to always compare these young players with somebody we recognize. But Joe, comparing Joe Burrow at this stage of his career with Tom Brady isn't fair to Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow had a, a way better college career than Tom Brady did at Michigan. He just did. He was a way, he's a way better quarterback prospect coming into the National Football League than Tom Brady was. So what do we see and why are people comparing Joe Burrow to the National Football League goat Tom Brady? And it's, it's hard to understand exactly why other than to say he's sort of tall. <laughs> he maybe doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. He certainly doesn't throw the tightest spiral, um, but he seems to have that it factor. And it's that it factor that made Tom Brady so great. Of course, the difference between New England and Cincinnati is that Bill Belichick is in New England. And I can't even remember the name of the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals at this point. All I know is he literally just graduated from community college. Um, he's a young kid. He, jury's still out, right? Jury's still out. So as for Des Bryant, back to Des. As for Des Bryant having anything uh, to do with the Kansas City Chiefs, there's really no reason um, to think that he'll end up on the Kansas City Chiefs unless it's like a midseason replacement because they don't need um, somebody like Des Bryant at this point. Look, Des Bryant at this point is best, um, would be best served as, you know, one of those modern day tight ends. You know, he doesn't have the speed he used to have, but he's tall. He's got great hands. I mean, why not convert him to a modern day Kelsey-like tight end or Kyle Rudolph-like tight end? There's a lot of tight ends like him. And I think Dez could be one of the best tight ends in the National Football League. I think, I think that's what Dez Bryant should do. That's the position he should uh, look to play as we move forward. As for Steph Curry <laughs> and his return to the National uh, Basketball Association and the Golden State Warriors after uh, breaking his left wrist on October 30th against the Phoenix Suns, um, he came out earlier in the week after working out um, and there was all this talk here in the Silicon Valley about Steph Curry yesterday. And there's been all this talk about Steph Curry really for the last couple of weeks about whether or not you should allow Steph Curry to come back and play. I have got two thoughts on this. The first thought is it's Steph, if Steph has been cleared by the doctors, it is Steph's decision to make. That's thought number one. Thought number two if Steph wants to come back and play, Steph should be allowed to come back and play. It's really simple. They're basically the same thought. 
<laughs> if Steph wants to play and he's been cleared by doctors, then damn it, they should allow him to play. Look, Steph is a gamer. He's still got a lot left in his tank. We know that they're not going anywhere this year. But based on what I heard Steph say earlier in the week, where he said his left hand is still not back to normal, it's, it just isn't. And he's trying to accept how that new left hand feels. So I think what Steph's really thinking at this point is, physically, there's nothing wrong with the hand. It doesn't feel the way he wants it to feel. He's not sure it's ever going to get back to that point of the way his right wrist feels. So Steph, being the gamer that he is, wants to, and I'm just guessing here, wants to get out on the court and try it out. He's going to have to adjust a little bit um, because of how his left wrist feels. So I think it's ridiculous to come down on Steph Curry for wanting to play basketball. He's getting paid all this money. They're playing in a brand new stadium in San Francisco. Um, And all of these fans paid all of this money to sit there and watch this great basketball team. And if you're a season ticket holder of the Golden State Warriors and you know Steph Curry's healthy and he's not playing, you'd be pretty pissed off. But it's not in Steph's DNA Uh, especially at this point of his career. Look, I would understand if it was like the end of his career, but we're not there yet. Steph's still got another good five to seven years left in the National Basketball Association. He's not at the end of his career, and he wants to come back and play. I I, I love the fact that Steph wants to play. I say, let him play, and let's see what happens, and stop giving him a hard time for not uh, for for actually wanting to do the right thing. Look, on this podcast, we rip on a lot of people for the right reasons. And we also also will point out when people are doing the right things. And in this case, I think Steph's doing the right thing. I heard somebody say, "Well, what if he gets hurt?" Well, look. Look, I can get hurt walking out of the broadcast studio right after this podcast. <laughs> uh um, you can get hurt walking to your car. Look, you can get hurt. There's so many ways people can get hurt. And it's, you can't, like, you'd never play a sport if you were afraid of being hurt. It's the stupidest, lamest excuse that you can possibly make. Speaking of, <laughs> well, the segue on this is perfect. Speaking of stupid, lame excuses, Deontay Wilder says the 40-pound costume that he wore left his legs dead in the seventh round. Hey, Deontay, I would say that that 40-pound costume that you wore left your legs dead midway through the first round. Trust me, that fight could have been called in the fifth round, sixth round, and seventh round. I know that Deontay, at the time that it was that um, his uh, corner threw in the white towel, he was very disappointed because he's a he's a boxer, he's a fighter, he's 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 a tough guy. He wanted to go down on a shield. Look, we don't need to see people die in the ring, Deontay. From all from everything I've heard, I haven't had a chance to meet him, 
<clears throat> but from everything I've heard, seen, and read, he is uh, he appears to be a really good guy, and and I think that's why we we've got to protect those really good guys. I want to touch on a couple things here. One, um, don't wear a forty pound costume <laughs> before a ha- the biggest fight of your life, and then take like ten minutes to walk in on it. Um, my conspiracy theory here <laughs> is that. Tyson Fury and his team found out about the 40-pound costume ahead of time. And they decided to slow down their entrance into, into the arena. Because that entrance, that whole king thing that went on, uh, took forever. I think it went on for like 14 minutes. And I think my conspiracy theory is, is that Tyson Fury knew that Deontay was wearing this really heavy suit... And they decided to prolong their entrance so that Tyson, so that Deontay would have to wear this 40-pound costume for longer than he actually did. Now, I don't know if you've ever done anything with weights before, like tried to put weights on in a pool or tried to run with weights. And, you know, and I'm not talking about 40 pounds worth of weights. <laughs> All I'm going to say is after just a couple minutes of running with a like a five pound weight in one hand, your hand is going to be your wrist and your arms and your shoulders are going to are going to hurt. They're going to burn after just five minutes. Now, imagine adding 40 pounds on top of your body and then wearing that for like 30 minutes before you have a chance to even take it off. And then you take it off and you're la- and you get out of the suit and you know right away that your legs are dead. How did they not know that this was going to be a problem ahead of time? It makes no sense. So that's one point. The second and final point I want to make is stop with the excuses. Even if this is exactly why you lost, we don't want to hear it. We... <laughs> don't want to hear it and you shouldn't be saying it anyways you deserve to be criticized for even indicating that this was why you lost the fight (laughs) because nobody made you decide to put on this ridiculous 40 pound costume like you could have worn the same thing and just done it with cloth you didn't have to go with the actual metal (laughs) i'm just saying it's absolutely ridiculous uh on Deontay Wilder's part all right um so uh a couple uh just a couple quick things uh mighty.rip um is our website we've got a really good um uh black mamba kobe bryant sort of tribute um uh story on there that we published um we published yesterday after the um, memorial service. So if you do have a chance, check that out. Um, and then do check out the rest of the, uh, the rest of the website. Uh, the podcast is blowing up. So thank you for all of your support. Uh, Apple iTunes or Apple podcast, whatever the hell they're calling it now, Google play. Um, we are officially on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and a bunch of other platforms as well. A lot of ways to find the mighty rip pod these days for the mighty rep i am 
Dave DeBaugh, reminding you that sometimes players, coaches, and front office folks make horrifically bad decisions, like wearing a 40-pound metal suit for 30 minutes before the start of the biggest fight of your life. (laughs) And it's our job as fans to set them straight.